Crystal Joy Campbell here. Thanks for joining me in Classical Matters. Today, we're looking more closely at the model of classical education by exploring the muses. You might be pleasantly surprised and relieved to find out just how you can let them do the work for you. So stick around. In episode 4, we were introduced to a roadmap for classical education. We just barely scratched the surface, and yet it could have left us overwhelmed with its heady terms and lofty ideas. So let's scale it back a bit and peer into just one aspect of this pathway. Musical education. Or as I like to say, an education by the muses. So let's take a look at who are the muses and what do they do? why their work is so important, and how best to incorporate it. So, if you're anything like me, I had a vague idea who the Muses were, but I never really made a connection to their influence in classical education. They are found in Greek mythology, and their father was Zeus, and their mother was Mnemosyne. There were nine of them, and they each came to be known by a particular art that they presided over. Some of the arts were dance and various kinds of poetry, like epic, tragic, comic, and religious, and there were five muses that presided over these. Two other muses set lyrical poetry to the flute and to the lyre, later becoming known as song. And the last two arts I found were quite surprising. They were history and astronomy. So simply, we can say, together, they made up story, song, dance, and stargazing. Now, the muses and their arts don't preach. They don't instruct or teach in any formal way. They don't pose specific or comprehension questions. They don't seek the intellectual arts. But what they do say is, behold, consider, contemplate. They weave themselves into the heart, mind, body, and soul of the beholder and let the beholder discover who God created them as. An education by the muses enkindles wonder and points towards contemplation. So this captures briefly who they are and what they do. But why? Why is this so important to the flourishing of the human person? Well, I'm not going to do a deep dive into the why today. The next episode, episode 7, will be the deep dive into the why. And I encourage you to join me, because I really believe our actions must be informed by our understanding. For our actions to have integrity, we need to be pursuing the reason behind our action. But what I will say today about the why is that wonder is necessary. Joseph Pieper says education begins in wonder. But not only does it begin in wonder, but wonder sustains it. And education needs to be sustained because the labor of learning is a difficult work. Wonder is vital to true education. So we've identified various arts of the muses, but how are they used in musical education? Well, I suspect that most of us have at least a few of the arts already incorporated into our plans, but how we present them to our students will vary depending on our intention. 
Is it to be used for musical education or for the pursuit of the intellectual arts? For simplicity, let's call musical education wonder and the pursuit of the intellectual arts understanding. So, if we are using poetry, song, story, dance, history, or astronomy for wonder, we present them in a way so as to awaken and cultivate attention to the world. If we use them for understanding, we present them in a way to make sense of and to gain knowledge of the world. Wonder is pre-scientific, so there will be no real categorizing or identifying or analyzing. It is observational. It points towards the whole, not examining the parts, but remembering that the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Wonder confronts mystery, not to solve, but to stand in awe of, artfully revealing the virtue of humility. It is known by heart, not to recite mindlessly, but to allow us to take part in, to join in together, to have common knowledge. Wonder is participatory. It's something we do, something we experience. Musical education presents the arts in a more intellectually inactive than active way. So in a world where measurement and achievement is of great value, this can totally freak us out. We are often taken by anxiety and worry, fearful we are not doing enough, trying to find a way to measure the work. We resort to asking questions to assess their knowledge or give instruction so as to make truth obvious. We all do this. And there is a place for this way of thinking, but it's just not in musical education. We often try to take on all the work ourselves, even the work of awakening wonder. What the arts present and how they are presented is what does the awakening, not us. So mamas, let the muses do the work for you. We have to be diligent with protecting musical education from the intrusion of measurement and assessment. From our intrusion, this will be our work. To be diligent with ourselves and our tendency to veer outside our lane. It is fundamental we hold fast to two things. First, if we allow the muses to do their work, the work will be done. And second, the actual engagement can only be done by the student. We place our trust in the tried, tested, and true, and believe that the movement of wonder is deeply rooted in our beings. That once we give the opportunity for the arts to actually be presided over by the muses, wonder will move the hearts of our students, and they will engage. And once we embrace this, we can carry on with our responsibility, which is protecting the environment and the atmosphere, ensuring that there is freedom to present the arts by the way of silent wonderment, awe, and contemplation. But what does this all look like? Well, it looks like venturing out for an evening or two of stargazing, being sure to hold our tongues when we want to dissect or instruct, it looks like reading poetry for poetry's sake, not for figuring out the meter or the meaning, but by being awestruck at the beauty created by the poet. 
We tell stories of great men and women which honor and preserve their deeds. We allow the story to rest in the poetic before we engage in the scientific. We sing sacred songs and move in joyful and graceful ways. We exercise the virtues of patience and humility. And when the questions do pour forth from our students, we respond by saying, that's a great question. Let's ponder that for a while. And once we have rested a while in the education by the muses, we can ask our students to go bravely into the arena of intellectual work. Whether it be that of learning their letters or mastering algebra. And wonder will be moving their hearts. For more weekly inspiration, direction, and tools to hone your craft, subscribe to Classical Matters so you don't miss an episode. And get the word out there by sharing with a friend and leaving a rating or review. If you would like to leave me a comment, follow me on Facebook and check out my website at www.crystaljoycampbell.com. The links are in the show notes. Blessings on your journey.